0: for joining us again. If you watched last week, we just want to thank you. And if you didn't, please go back to watch last week's. It leads up to this week. Last week, we talked about the early years. We talked about Josh growing up and just some of the challenges he had when he was a baby and growing up. And so it's really, really good. So please watch that. But today we want to talk a little bit about, you know, after growing up, you know, I know you grew up with uh, without a father. Your mom was a single mom. You know, um, I know Being a mom and I have three children like she did, but I had a husband that helped me raise them, and so it's a different dynamic. I had a father that was always in the home, Uh, so for me it was different. Why don't you share a little bit about, you know, growing up? And everybody I think can look back and say, uh, you know, at this point in my life, I realized that that's when things started going bad, or you know what, this is when things changed for me. So, do you have a time in your life that you could say, you know what, I can? I noticed that at this time is when things started changing a little bit for you.
1: Yeah, I, I know exactly when there was an element of change that showed up, and it was uh, during the summer of 1978.
0: How old were you? I was eight years old. Wow, eight, okay.
1: And uh, my father had already been gone for um, four uh, for three, four years mm-hmm. almost, and um, and I remember we would go back to New York and spend the summers there with him, and at that time— uh he was an alcoholic, you know, he was still using drugs and uh he had married uh this young woman. She was very young, I think she was only like eighteen, nineteen years old and um and here us three boys, you know, had dropped on her for the summer.
0: Three it, rowdy boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. Just a little bit. <laughs> but um during that time my father he'd take off and be gone for a week or two and we'd be left there with her and uh and over the course of that summer, um you know, she was just kind of uh, she was abusive. Mm-hmm. You know, she didn't know how to handle us, and um, she didn't have children of her own. And uh, she would just uh, randomly do things, you know, to you know, just to hurt, you know, just to hurt me. And uh, and I remember going home that summer, and uh, I never wanted to go back. Mm-hmm. You know, just never wanted to go back to New York. And, you know, regardless of you know my father being there or not, uh, my other brothers would go back over the years, but I didn't go back again until. I was in my 20s mm-hmm. because of what happened at that time. and
0: That's um, a long span from 8 to 20 to not have a father figure in there.
1: Yeah, my father, you know, he eventually, you know, he uh, got clean and sober mm-hmm. and started helping a lot of people that were involved in AA and stuff like that. He was a sponsor to a lot of people, helped a lot of people. He was a good man. Um, but we just didn't have that relationship, you know, that every young child would like to have yes, with their father yes, so um so during those formative years you know of growing up uh, I didn't have that figure you know my mother uh she wound up you know having a boyfriend that eventually became my stepfather great man but at the time he wasn't serving God and his family didn't know how to express love um, and so you know we had a, we had this dysfunction going on growing up and So at a young age, you know, you start looking for things to fill in those gaps. That's true. Um, And so for me, uh, in the seventh grade, I started turning towards uh, smoking cigarettes. And then that went from smoking cigarettes to finding winos that would, you know, buy me some cheap liquor, you know, (laughs) some Thunderbird or Night Train and uh, just started drinking. And then that just escalated to other things. started smoking marijuana. And, uh,
0: so you started doing drugs first, and then drinking, or was it the other way around? Uh, At the same time.
1: The the drinking came first, mm-hmm. and then the drugs came soon after that. And by the time I was a freshman in high school, um, I was already using acid, uh, PCP, um, hashish oil, and different things, and um, just and it just continued to snowball, and and then you know, you have things that kind of made it easy to fall into that trap. You know, I had a good mother, um, you know, and she was busy, you know, with with her Mm -hmm. life and, again, having three boys and she gave us a lot of room Mm -hmm. and we grew up in a little town, so there's a lot of things that happened, you know, during that time and uh, even in that little town, you know, there was things that helped enable those addictions that I had. I had a Spanish teacher that would buy us liquor, you know, Um, had a had a teacher when I was a junior that used to, you know, he's the one turned me on to Bob Marley and he used to let me roll dope in the back of the class, you know, right there on the desk, you know, during class and, uh, had a welding teacher that used to go party with, uh, in the evening, you know, we'd bring drugs and he'd buy us liquor. And Mm. so just kind of got caught up in that mess. And along with that came relationships, you know, with different girls and things. um, but there's nothing ever satisfied, you know. Just a lot of disappointment and brought a lot of anger, you know. That just the hurt and the things that you deal yeah. with.
0: When when I met you, I mean, I never saw the uh, the anger part went with, with our relationship until I saw you deal with other people and the anger there. It was it was bad. It was very very bad. I mean, when I met you, you were on uh, your third strike. Of, beating people up, you have this thing to where you would beat people up three times before you thought it was enough. And so why do you think that 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 was in you so much?
1: Well, I always had a bit of an an anger streak. And uh, again, being the middle brother, uh, I had an older brother that used to like provoking it to where um, I used to have blackout rage, Mm -hmm. you know, where basically you get pushed or pumped to a certain place to where you see red and... Then after that, you just kind of black out. You wake up, and something's broken. Somebody's broken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the last time I had that happen to me, you you remember. Yes, I You do. know, I remember you waking me up in the backyard, and my hand was yeah. was broken, and uh, so was uh, a our shed. woodshed.
0: Yeah. It was actually aluminum. Yeah. Woodshed. Yeah. But that, I think anger a lot of times stems from unforgiveness.
1: yeah. Well, you know, it's because I, I valued relationships. If, you know, if I was your friend, I was going to be your best friend. And, yeah. You know, but when people would violate that friendship or turn on that friendship, I mean, I just, I would rage over it, you know, and uh, it didn't matter if five years, 10 years went by, I'd be just as angry with a person as if they just did it to me. Mm-hmm. And uh,
0: that can eat you up inside to, to, you know, have a confrontation with the person and then for me, anyway, I have a confrontation or being with something, somebody, and I—I I forgot about it. For you, I just remember it feeling like it was like you had that same feeling, like it just had happened.
1: Well, it, it, it consumes, you know. It's like a unfinished business, you know. You mm-hmm. always want to get back to it. And uh, and for me, um, you know, I'd beat people up three times, yes. and and I'd try to humiliate them. I'd like to do it in front of their wives or their girlfriends, just because my attitude was. Um, You did me wrong. You'll never forget about doing me wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, I figured if I beat him up three times, there'd never be a fourth fight. And uh, I mean, which is horrible um, because that unforgiveness, uh, it it just, it lingers. It's Mm -hmm. something that, you know, you never get rid of. You just kind of put it back in the cage until something else happens. That's
0: a great way to say that. Yeah.
1: And, uh, you know, and there was things that, you know, happened. I mean, to where it it became so predictable that you would tell my friends before I would go yes. out with them.
0: Yes, it would. I would tell his friends, you know, make sure he doesn't get in a fight. Make sure he did not get in a fight. Not knowing he had already bought, gotten in a fight that night. And it was it was normal for you to uh, drink every night and get in a fight. That was just a, a normal thing for you.
1: Yeah. Drinking and drugs was just something that became a tremendous habit. I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that I had so much unforgiveness And, uh, you know, you look for things to just escape in. Mm -hmm. And so, um, drinking and, uh, would help kind of cloud that up and, you know, drugs would just kind of push it off for a few days. But, you know, when you sober up, you know, your problems are there. They're just a lot worse. And, uh, and that's what began to deteriorate our relationship, Mm -hmm. you know, was, was all those things that we'd invited in and, um. You know, hurt people, hurt people yeah. is what you hear. And, and it's the truth, you know. Um, and nobody likes, you know, getting hurt by the same person or the same thing twice. Mm. And I think that was one of the things that really drove me was I didn't know how to forgive and forget. You, you even as a sinner, you were always, you know, willing to forgive people. It didn't matter if they like, did you wrong. You know, the next day you've already forgotten it. And for me, you know, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd bury the hatchet. You know, but I always left the handle sticking you know, uh, to go back and, you know, mess with things later on. And, um, you know, it wasn't until, uh, you know, I turned to the Lord that things began to change. You know, um, I didn't know how to deal with unforgiveness. And uh, I remember the Lord told me, he said, Josh, you need to pray for those people that hurt you the same way that, you know, I prayed for you? And I was like, well, how'd you pray for me, Lord? And he said, Father, forgive Josh. He don't know what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And uh, how
0: did that make you feel to know that the Lord was asking you to uh, forgive somebody and you didn't want to? How did how did you how did you feel about that? You know, it's easy to it's easier to say it to said than done is the yeah. saying. You know, you just need to forgive them. Well, sometimes you for for me, I felt like the, I would automatically forgive somebody and then the feelings would come later. But some people, they don't even want to wait for the feelings to come. It's just an automatic. I don't want to forgive. For me, I would choose to forgive, and that feeling would come later. But I, I feel like for me, because I chose to forgive, it came quickly.
1: Yeah, for me, it it uh it took time. Mm -hmm. Um, You know,
0: rehearsing. Yeah, you know,
1: because it's a prayer of faith. You don't feel like you've forgiven somebody. It's it's more of a decision you've made and. God brings the feelings later. And what I found uh, at, you know, when God really brought a change to me was him showing me the person that I had the biggest problems with was myself. Mm, that's and really good. the way that I was acting out towards you and towards others was... You were
0: really bad. <laughs> I wasn't as bad as you. <laughs> no. Nah.
1: But it, it, it was just all of those things. I, you know, I was disappointed with the way, you know, my father, you know, had... Done our family and then I became the man I didn't want to be and and I got to a place where I, I didn't even like myself. Mm-hmm. And uh and you justify your dysfunction, you know, being able to go to go to work, you know, on drugs or go to work drunk and and you knew I would excel. Yeah. I would get employee of the month, you know, and I was drunk. And and so you justify where you're at because you're not uh as low as other people, yeah. you know, you're not out selling, you know. You know, your mom's jewelry to pay for your habit. I never borrowed money from nobody. If, if we needed more money, I'd get another job and work two yeah. full-time jobs. And so, um, yeah. Our the, daughter
0: calls that dumb responsible. It's like you're, you're out and doing responsible things, but you're being dumb still doing it. That's what she says. I, I don't know if it's a word, but it's a good word. But the thing is that,
1: you know, when you get caught up in that life, there's some people that lose everything. And for us, we did. And we lost everything, you know. uh, We had all the material things, but we lost the things that mattered. Like what people thought about us. You know, what we thought about each other. We lost the love that we had. I mean, drugs cost you so much more. And I know for me, it just, uh, it put me in a place to where, you know. I mean, I was losing my mind. I mean, I wanted to kill myself. Yeah. Because it got so bad. And, And Satan always makes sure that you have... Worst company with you yes. to encourage you to go deeper down that rabbit hole and uh there's some people that never find their way out but i am here as an example you're here as an example you know that god can help anybody right. i don't care what your mess is uh you know he'll he'll reach into that mess and pull you out and so maybe you're watching you know uh this video you're hearing our testimony i'm here to tell you that we're living proof yes that god loves the unlovely <laughs> and he touches the untouchable and. He has a way of, of getting into our hearts and, and delivering us, not just from, you know, whether it's substances or maybe you, you have emotional yeah. abuse or have had physical abuse. I don't know what your story is, but I know this, that Jesus Christ came to set us free from all those things. You don't have to live the rest of your life being a victim. And then when you call upon the name of the Lord, you know, he'll reach in and he will help you. And what I learned is that he didn't come in and take sides. He came in and took over. That's right. You know, He grabbed a hold of our lives and he took this mess and he turned it into a masterpiece because we were willing to say, Lord, here I am, the good, the bad, the ugly. And if you'll do that, he'll help you too. Amen. He'll, he'll meet you right where you're at and he'll rescue you. Amen. You call on his name and you'll see him do great and mighty things. Amen. you'll have a testimony just like we do of how amazing his love and his grace is. Amen. So I encourage you, amen. Uh, if you enjoyed this, uh, tune back in again with us next week. You know, as We have Eliana share her testimony because it's mild um, compared to true. her. Um, she lived the life of a stalker after she met me. I mean, I could not get her to leave me alone. Not true. <laughs> not, not
0: true. Come back next week. I'll tell you the real truth. Uh, you know, he's been stalking me for 30 years now, and I'll share with you how he's done it.
1: I've succeeded. She's mine. (laughs) God bless you. We love you much. We'll see you next week.